baby bus. Around the world in eighty days. Episode twenty-six: Mr. Fogg's miracle. Passepartout was extremely excited. His chubby face was as red as an apple. <sighs> Sir, today is Saturday, December twenty-first. The last day of our trip around the world in 80 days. We haven't lost the bet yet. No, today is Sunday, December 22. Sir, I don't know what happened, but the church is closed, so it's definitely not Sunday. Also, I've confirmed the date in the newspapers. Today really is December 21st. Mr. Fogg frowned and thought seriously. Suddenly, his eyes lit up. I know what happened. It's because of the time zones. My goodness, I see! Passepartout, do you really understand? No. The Earth is divided into 24 zones. In connected time zones, the one on the east is an hour earlier than the one on the west. On this trip, we traveled east. Every time we went across a zone, I wound my clock an hour ahead. I wound my watch ahead 24 times on a trip around the world, which is exactly equal to one day. Because of this, I added one whole day when I was calculating the time. So, today is actually the 80th day. The reason doesn't matter. Sir, it's now 8.35. There are only 10 minutes left before the bet ends. You must go to the reform club quickly. Sir, let's go! Passepartout pulled Mr. Fogg, dragging him as they rushed to the street. They saw a carriage parked on the side of the road. They quickly got into the carriage without saying a word. The coachman was a man of about 50 years old. He was skinny and small. He was so angry, his beard curled upwards. Hey, are you robbers? Why did you get into my carriage? Get out now! Here's 100 pounds. Where do you want to go? The reform club. Okay. The coachman raised his whip and tossed it lightly in the air, and the carriage began galloping away. We can make it. We can make it. Passepartout clenched his fists nervously. Mr. Fogg looked calm, but a bead of sweat appeared on his forehead and the tip of his nose. He was not relaxed at all. Suddenly, the carriage stopped abruptly. Passepartout and Mr. Fogg were nearly thrown from the carriage. Mr. Coachman, what happened? Passepartout stuck out his head and saw an old lady with white hair leaning on a cane as she crossed the road in front of the carriage. She was slower than a snail. Madam, we're in a hurry! Do you mind letting us go first? The old lady didn't hear what Passepartout was saying. She turned around and asked, What did you say? I said... Let us go first! Oh! Go first? Yes, I'll definitely go first! I'm already in my 70s! I'm not talking about dying! Oh dear, this is driving me crazy! What? Lazy? I'm not lazy, I'm just old and slow! Passepartout was at his wit's end. He sat back in the carriage and pulled his hair irritably. Oh sir, what shall we do now? Mr. Fogg first looked at his watch. Two minutes had already passed. There were only eight minutes left before the bet ended. Mr. Coachman, do you have any way to get to the Reform Club faster? Well, someone is blocking the road. I can't do anything about it. Here's 200 pounds. 
Oh, I suddenly remembered. There's a shortcut nearby which leads to the reform club. The coachman guided his horse to the shortcut at once. Passepartout gritted his teeth. He was so nervous he couldn't breathe. Please, no more accidents. He hadn't even finished speaking when a dirty stray dog suddenly jumped out of a little alley. Startled, the coachman swerved to the side of the road. The carriage crashed into a big tree on the side of the road. The violent crash sent Mr. Fogg, Passepartout, and the coachman flying from the carriage. To make matters worse, the crash caused the carriage and horse to separate, sending the carriage rolling toward Mr. Fogg and pinning his leg down. Sir, are you all right? I'll move the carriage. Passepartout was horrified. He wanted to move the carriage on his own. Well, it's no use. The carriage weighs hundreds of kilograms. You won't be able to move it. Straining with all his might, Passepartout was able to lift the carriage up slowly. Then he turned it on its side. Wow! You're really strong! The coachman was so shocked, his jaw dropped. Passepartout... I think my leg is injured. Mr. Fogg looked at his watch where it lay on the ground. Another five minutes had passed. There were only three minutes left before the bet ended. What do we do now? Passepartout felt like his pants were on fire. Suddenly, he thought of an idea. He stared hard at Mr. Fogg. This is my only choice. Saying that, Passepartout lifted Mr. Fogg into his arms. Carrying his master, he charged forward as fast as he could and disappeared into the night. Meanwhile, a large crowd had gathered on the street in front of the reform club. They had heard about Mr. Fogg's bet and rushed there to see the show. Standing at the door of the club were three nervous-looking gentlemen. It was the bearded engineer, the beer-bellied brewer, and the banker with the gold watch. You think Mr. Fogg will make it here in time? Hmm, I'll have to ask my gold watch. Saying that, the banker waved his hand and revealed his glittering gold watch. It's now 8.42. Only three minutes left until the bet ends. I think he'll lose. I think... uh, I think... (sighs) Hey, Mr. Brewer, wake up. Mr. Fogg is back? You can even sleep while standing? Oh, my. There was a tall clock tower across from the Reform Club. All eyes were glued to the huge clock on the tower. With every tick of the second hand, it got closer to the time the bet would end. Two minutes. One minute. Thirty seconds. Now, almost everyone was sure Mr. Fogg wouldn't make it back in time. Mr. Fogg is going to lose the bet. Traveling around the world in 80 days is just a big joke. Ten seconds. Five seconds. When there was only one second left, a chubby figure suddenly dashed out from a corner of the street. In his arms was a tall, handsome gentleman. It was Passepartout and Mr. Fogg. Gentlemen, I'm back. The noisy street suddenly became silent, followed by the sound of cheering and applause as loud as a tidal wave. 
My goodness, Mr. Fogg has won! Yes, it's a miracle! He's a hero! The crowd was stirred up. All the people took off their hats and tossed them in the air like they were celebrating at a carnival. Mr. Fogg had overcome all kinds of difficulties and finally completed his trip around the world in 80 days. And he won 20,000 pounds on the bet. Two days later, Mr. Fogg and Lady Aouda got married on the lawn, as scheduled. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for attending my master and Lady Aouda's wedding. Passepartout was the witness at the wedding. His face glowed red, and he looked very dignified as he happily completed this sacred mission. There were around a dozen tables spread out on the lawn. The engineer, the brewer, the banker, and many Londoners who admired Mr. Fogg all came to celebrate this grand wedding. Hey, look at Mr. Fogg's bride, Lady Aouda. Well, she really is a beauty. Of course, Mr. Fogg is also very handsome. You're a perfect match. That's right. Mr. Fogg is like my gold watch, glittering like a shining star. Uh, yeah, you're right. <sighs> the band started playing, and Passepartout jumped onto the stage proudly. Ladies and gentlemen, today is a happy day. I'll perform my somersault dance for you. Everyone laughed with his comical actions. Mr. Fogg and Lady Aouda watched Passepartout's performance from one side. They held hands tightly, their faces glowing with joyful smiles, looking like the prince and princess in a fairy tale. And they lived happily ever after. <laughs>